Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Slasher Radio. My name is Mikey Bones, and I got Bobby Spitzer with me. What's up, Mikey? Oh, the boys are back in town. Ah, thank you for coming back and listening. Mick, what's happening? What's going on? Same old same. Long to the left. Swinging. A little to the left, a little to the right. You never know. But, uh, yeah, we're back. We're back. Uh, we are fresh off of Grave Encounters, which was, uh, that was a fun movie, man. It was a good one. It was a good podcast we did, too, on it. Yeah, it was. Fucking, yeah. Dinged it. You fucking banged that one out. Banged it out nicey nice, like only the boys can do. Let me get the shout outs out of the way really quick because uh we got uh we got a little guest this week. Uh go to twelve nights promote horror.com, horrormoviestuff.com. Check them all out. They help us. Go help them. Support them. Go give them a little click click. Be nice to them. Do do nicey nice to them. Or I'm gonna have to find you and pull it out. Whoa, <laughs> he ain't bluffing. He ain't bluffing. Uh you can also go to terminuscitygifts.com. You can follow them on Twitter. Terminus City at Terminus City GTR. Um, they they got a ton of stuff, man. Just tons of horror merchandise, rock merchandise, you know, anything in that kind of kind of look. So go check them out. All custom, handmade quality, uh, high quality rather. Um, check them out at TerminusCity.com. Yeah. No bullshit. No bullshit. We don't got no bullshit for the rest of this episode either because we're being joined by James Sweet. From the Jason Rising fan film, Mink. I mean, you've seen the trailer. What do you think? I think that it holds its own weight, man, enough to to be a legit movie, if you ask me. Right? Right? I mean, this is uh, Bloody Disgusting covered it. Friday13th.com. Or no, it's Friday13thFranchise.com. They covered it. So even they gave you a little, eh, eh. I want to see this, eh, eh. Hmm? Check this out. Check this out. Yeah, so we have the director, James Sweet. Uh, he breaks down pretty much everything about it. We got some questions from you guys on Twitter uh, that we, we threw in there. I think, because it was mentioned on Twitter too, a lot of people say, you know, why why do a fan film? Like, I, I'm glad they exist. Like, why wouldn't you? That's the world we live in. If kids kids are making vines with the dumbest shit, granted, a lot of them are hilarious, but the dumbest shit, man, and they're getting famous off it. Why can't people make fucking their own version of a movie? Not only that, it, it, it goes to show you that the talent is past what you see in those big box office hits. Like, right. Fans can be a part of it. Fans can do this stuff. I mean, acting and all that. I mean... There's probably a million Tom Cruises out there that we'll never get to see in these fam films. Kind of give you that independent take and and look on those talents, you know? 
Yeah, a million percent. I, I just don't understand, because that's kind of what horror was based on. Like, some dudes with an idea, they go do it, and, you know, either it's really good and it gets, you know, it earns that attention, it's a lot easier now, but look at what it's evolved to from a good examples like Evil Dead. We just did an episode on that a few a few weeks ago. That's kind of what these guys did, are doing, minus the internet. Right. You know, like, it's crazy. It's true. It's, a, it's given that ability to creators, and, yeah, I think it's a really good space we're in. I think we need to support it more, too, you know? Yeah. We gotta, we, there's ways for us to go out there and be a part of these films, because, um, you know, it's got to get done somehow, and there's ways for you to get involved, and now we got right. web, websites like Indiegogo and all this, and you can help support this one by going there and, and putting your donation in and you actually get, you know, like it, he has perks and all that, but you get shout outs in the, in the, in the credits. Like you, you can mm-hmm. be a part of a Friday movie. Slasher radio is going to be the part of a movie credit. Don't fuck in the woods too. We're going to be mentioned cause we helped, you know, we donated to the movie. Don't fuck in the woods too. Don't fuck in the woods. So yeah, no, don't fuck don't in the do woods. It. Or in don't. the park. Saying kids, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I think I forgot about don't fuck in the woods. Yeah, yeah, and um, I donated a little bit to him, so slash radio is gonna be mentioned. But see, that's the fun of it, man. Like that's cool. Like how many you're going to at least? I mean, I'm gonna watch the whole movie because you know the first one was kind of cool, but you know people will check that out. You know, like they are a part of that movie. You know, like everyone donating is what made it happen. So, you know, that's what it takes. Without funders, it's nothing. Not only that, you go out and you support this kind of stuff. If the idea ever pops in your head, you know, you know, you got the support, you know, and people right. are willing to go out there and help you out, too. I mean, not for nothing. I understand that, you know, people do it for nonprofit and all, but doing these, doing these kinds of, you know, films, you have to have some kind of aspirations mm-hmm. on a professional level. Whether you're an actor, director, whatever it is, you put your best work in it, not just because you want to, you know, make the best Friday movie or whatever, but, you know, this is, this is what your dream is. You, you know, and you, you're, you're contributing to that. You're lifting other people. We have so much negativity, so mm-hmm. much bullshit on the news, so many people fucking, you know, why not, why not be a, a part of that and be able to, you know, lift people up because who knows, maybe one day you wake up, you want to fucking do it. And you'll be in the, you you'll be looking for the same help. Same kind of help. Yeah, it's awesome though, man. It's awesome. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we're gonna kick you guys over to our uh, a little chit chat with James, and we'll catch you on the other end. The other end. Ugh. Bad, bad choice of words, maybe. No. All right, uh, this week we are joined by a very special guest. His name is James Sweet, and he is the director of the upcoming Jason Rises, a Friday the 13th fan film. 
Uh, James, how you doing, sir? Good. How you doing, man? Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, I I am I am impressed by by what I've seen from your project so far. What I what I really want to know is, to put it simple, what made you get up and actually make a Friday the Thirteenth movie? Because I think all of us kind of you know everybody loves Jason. Everybody loves Friday the Thirteenth and. Who wouldn't? We all have our ideas on, oh, they should do this, they should do that. You actually got up and did it. What What made you do it? Um, well, it, you know, starting to make film and, you know, I've been an actor and been in the industry for a little while. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always wanted to make a fan film and I've always wanted to do something horror related because I, I did haunted houses when I was younger and. And, uh, so you kind of, I remember, you, you know, always doing the haunt thinking my first and favorite scene is always going to be the Jason scene. So, you know, that segued into being able to, I guess, look at Jason in a set mode, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And going, okay, let's, uh, let's set, you know, I thought about doing something for a long time and it, you know, you have to learn the art of filmmaking just the same. It's not you just wake up and go, I'm going to do this amazing fan film without having any type of knowledge about it. But, uh, you know, there's so many Star Wars fan films and and other types of fan films out there. It was like the one thing that I thought would be the most, I guess, close to my heart would be Friday the 13th. So. And uh, Bobby and I were talking about it when um, you know we had reached out to you. I know it's listed on your Indiegogo page, but can you explain the? I don't know how to even want to go the schematics of a fan film to our listeners because even once we read you know your your little synopsis of it on the Indiegogo page, it was quite clear. But you know, for our listeners, could you kind of clear up what goes into that? As far as what a fan film is yeah because um we had announced on twitter that we were going to have you on and a couple of people were like well how does that work how are they allowed to do that and you know all that kind of stuff well well basically from a you know from a crowdfunding standpoint um we're raising money through indiegogo which solely goes towards the film it, you know you, you don't profit from this so you you know you have perks and things like that but um, it's, it's a nonprofit adventure basically. And as long as you don't, you know, try to gain some sort of monetary, uh, you know, profit or, or income off of the film because you don't have the rights to it, then, you know, we're just, we're paying homage and, and, Treading carefully, mind you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, there's obviously do's and don'ts, especially with you know, our our project is actually a union project, so there's there's rules there as well. But um, yeah, you just have to be careful and you know know that this is a nonprofit thing and and you're doing it for the love of it. And uh, you know, as long as we're not you know stepping on on the toes of the legal area, mm -hmm. I, I think we'll be fine. I mean, Lucas is allowed so many of these Star Wars fan films to, and I think it, it doesn't hurt the, the actual Not franchise, you know, I think it helps it and it supports it and it feeds the love of their thing. So if they keep doing, you know, people, 
the support of a Jason or a Friday the 13th fan film is basically, you know, when you have a lot of support, it's just fans saying, I'm hungry for more. Mm-hmm. I want some. So, you know, yes, people can say, well, we're just filling the gap until they have a, a legitimate Friday the 13th film come out. But it's also saying, hey, I'm, I'm a fan, too. I want more. You know, I'm I'm no different than anybody else out there who loves Friday the 13th. So, you know, it's I'm just taking it a step further. That's all. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned that we uh, announced and you know, I asked if anybody had questions for you on Twitter. I was planning on doing that later. But um, at Charles Con TV actually said, um, you know, something along those lines. And you just answered it perfectly. He said Hatchet was a modern Jason movie. Why do a fan film instead of, instead of making your own thing? And I think what you said was perfect. I mean, me and Bobby, how many times have we sat and watched, you know, any movie, Friday the 13th, for instance, say, man, you know, it would be cool to make it. We could do this. We could do that. We should make our own, you know, that kind of thing. All of us are, as fans, like you said, just want to contribute to that. Right. Well, and... and you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel or no. anything or do a reboot or, or, you know, we're we're paying tribute by showing, you know, some iconic imagery, you know, mm-hmm. touching on those things, touching on the story um, from the original franchise. But yet we're trying to put our own little spin on it, you know, give it something fresh for people to not you know, see a regurgitated mm-hmm. Friday 13th idea. And, uh, you know, it, we're, it's come a long ways. It's got a long ways to go, but you know, we, we're just keeping the vision of what we're trying to do, you know, tunnel vision, this thing and, yeah. and make it right because we're fans. And, th- and if we just proceed with that in mind that it's about the love of what we're doing, I, I think we'll be successful at it. You know, it's just, we're, we're fans. I want to watch this thing and go, this feels like a Friday the 13th movie. I'm, I'm enjoying this, you know, feels like a horror film. So that's all, you know, we're just trying to really, you know, and it sure I'm, I'm the spokesperson, I'm, I'm the director, but you know, we, there's so many people involved in this, you know, our crew, you know, Carl Winery, Freddie Heath, you know, Robert Blanche. Um, I don't, he, he was on Grimm leverage. He was actually supposed to direct the film when we started mm. this whole thing. And uh, he, he had, some health things going on. So we had to step away from that responsibility. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people involved and we're all just trying to put in as, you know, our heart and souls in this thing. So, yeah, million percent. You're writing your own little chapter, you know, and I, I, and we as fans (laughs) love it. You know, I, I think, uh, Bobby, you sent me something a few weeks ago. It was something Michael Myers or I forget, I forget where I seen it from, but I was sitting there like, Oh wow, this, like Halloween to me, and you know it, it's fun. We all love it, so yeah, I, I agree with you. You mentioned just now about um, you know there was a switch in director. You you also mentioned your acting roles, and mm-hmm. you know you have quite a few as I I looked up and seen, uh, including a role on Z Nation, which is pretty awesome. But um, you wrote a I also seen you wrote a short film, uh, Blood and Sugar, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is your first stab at acting, uh, directing rather. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say, what do they call it, officially my directorial debut. Right, yeah. <laughs> Does it scare the shit out of you? Or, I mean, because that's a big jump. It, it is. It's a big responsibility. Um, you know, you being, I started acting probably around 20 years ago. Uh-huh. and I see, 97. 
Yeah, it was it was about that time. Um, but you know, that being said, I I didn't get my first co-star speaking role until about 2000 and I think it was 13 or 14 when I got on the wow. librarians. So, I mean, it, it was one of those things where you just keep going and, and I did a lot of, uh, art Institute thesis films as an actor and built my resume that way. Mm. But I was always, I, I guess, uh, a nerd on set looking at the camera gear, looking at what, you know, the director's doing, looking at what the, the grip guy's doing. Cause I'm fascinated by the, the way film is made. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's a blast. I, I love, you know, being even, I played music for a while, but I love being in the studio, you know, creating the, the music, creating the story more so than even like playing live and, and doing the show. But, you know, I love that aspect of it. I love the behind the scenes. It's always intrigued me. So, you know, I kind of self-taught, you know, filmmaking. I've wanted to do it for a while. And, and it's one of those things where you just, you know, Steven Spielberg wasn't a great director when he started. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming he had to learn eventually he got, you know, he had a knack for it, but not saying that I'm Steven Spielberg <laughs> by any means, but um, you got to get your feet wet. You know, you got to make mistakes and mm-hmm. you got to just go through the journey of it. That's how you learn some of the best things. You mess something up and you go, oh, okay. And you get, you know, <laughs> or right. sometimes stumble across. So, yeah. That, and you, you, did you have a um, an idea going in on the mask? Because, you know, every Jason movie makes alterations to the mask and you know it's you i think you did a good job of staying classic but you you made subtle changes it looked like well when when the it first started i mean my 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 thought always going into it was i was going to create sort of a ted white richard brooker feel um going in because i love the classic look and I was looking at using like there was a uh, a Crash Cunningham mask that I got was was basically a uh, a mock of the uh, final chapter poster if you remember that mask with the knife in yep. the eye and it was that version of it because it hadn't been seen on screen and it was very old and deteriorated looking and when I used it it didn't work well size-wise with Dan and it didn't with the the coloring of it didn't fit right with the color tone of the skin just something about it didn't work and so I had another uh, part four shower scene hawk from Tony Jarvis and that was we we tried it on a test shoot I put some makeup on it and it for some reason it just fit right it fit better and I'm like, okay, we need to just take this and make it look more deteriorated and worn and just have that feel that almost color tone wise matches his skin a little bit to almost make it seem like it's a part of him as part of his skin tone. So everything fit better and match better. And it, I will say this, how it turned out was sort of a happy accident with the you know, the uh, weathering and everything. I, it just, 
it's one of those things where it just turned out and it was good and we liked it and it's worked ever since and people like it and you know we're happy with it so it's hard to plan on showing the mother any at any point if the film gets funded oh as far as have you seen the the recent teaser yeah she was in there i remember the voice hearing the voice yeah Mm. yeah she's in there (laughs) Mm. she's in there good point that's another tough one to nail yeah and that was a uh uh, one of those things where we had to tread carefully as well mm. because it was doing it going into the idea of it we we knew that um it had to look it had the makeup had to be really well done and we you know with Christina Cordum on our team she's an amazing effects artist uh, i knew it would turn out well we just had to make sure that how we pieced it all together was how we wanted it to look you know now i'm influenced by a lot of different horror you know i love the walking dead i love Mm. i love the evil dead um things like that so those those things influence me as well um so i take those influences of other horror and apply it and i think it works well nice see that that's where i think the it really helps a movie where, you know, it's kind of being able to take elements from other horror. You know, I think sometimes when movies get, you know, too upscale and these huge studios get a hold of them, you know, they kind of go the, you know, the technical route sometimes. That, that isn't what we need, you know, looks from other stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I some people say, oh, biting off of this. No, it's, you know, it, that's where it all comes from. You know what I mean? It, it all kind of blends in and mixes in really well when you get people who are able to take aspects from different things and morph them into one. Right. Well, I mean, you know, how many rock bands were influenced by the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? I mean, we, we all have things that, that influence us and get our creative juices flowing. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, that works for, for me, you know, and, and it's, it's been a, uh, I guess an evolution of, of the story and, and the ideas and and I think we're on the right track now. Um, you mentioned Dan Kyle. He's playing Jason in, in uh, Jason Rising. I, I've seen his acting dates back to like 2009 so he's a very experienced actor. How did you get mm-hmm. in contact with him for this and what made you feel he would be the right guy to play Jason? Well, when I uh, I met Dan at, uh, he was in one of the uh, the acting classes that I was in at the Actors Lab. And I met him back in the time when I did my short film, Blood and Sugar. And I had him play the uh, Illuminati hitman bodyguard uh, ghost mm-hmm. in it. And he wears the mask. And, and uh, it was one of those things where he had that size. And I, I always thought on set or when I was thinking about Blood and Sugar and... and and Dan, the way he held himself, and I was like, this guy would be an awesome Jason. And uh, I remember, you know, bringing it up to him, probably not that much longer after we finished Blood and Sugar, and I said, look, I'm kind of thinking about doing this Friday the 13th thing. Would you play Jason? He was, he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I, of course I would. Be a dream come true, you know? So, and, and it's it's about you know, having fun and, and trying to just create with your friends. And that's how it 
kind of started was the idea of I wanted to just enjoy the experience. I mean, yeah, there's bumps in the roads. It's film. But, uh, you know, it was bringing Dan in, which I've worked with before. And Dan's, Dan's a great guy. And he, you know, he's a he's a dedicated actor and, and, you know, puts the time in and he's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And, you know, he's, he's doing a great job. Yeah. It's a, it's a very picky role. You know, it's, it's like you mentioned the size and there's so many things going to play. It's like, okay. It's such, such a, such a strange thing where a character that doesn't speak, but still such a tough role to play. Kind of put your own attributes on them too from what I saw in the trailer. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's about touching on the stuff that we love, but also every, every you know, stuntman or actor that has portrayed Jason has always put their own stamp on it. And that and that's kind of what I, I, you know, I I said to Dan, I said, you know, do your due diligence, study what's there, but you're still you, you know, you still have to put your your ideas into it. And he's been doing a great job. You know, I I couldn't be happier with Dan. Yeah, and you know his movements and stuff, mechanics of the way Jason works. You know that has to be there, but also, like you said, you got to kind of. Um, I I don't know. I I may be blasphemous for saying this, but Kane Hodder isn't my favorite Jason because I kind of like seeing like yeah the outfit looks different and stuff like that, but I kind of like seeing him change every now mm-hmm. and then. You know it. I think that um, you know putting that twist on on such a zombie like but yet Hulk like <laughs> character. Well, and you know we've had so many different versions of Jason. I mean, we we you know you go with the original four, which he still has that human element aside from the you know the dream sequences and and Roy in part five, but everything's sort of zombified after that. Mm-hmm. And you know even in um, like Freddy versus Jason, he's very tall, clunky Frankenstein. Very dumbed down. Very dumbed down. You're right, and and I didn't have that feel that you know it doesn't. It wasn't scary. It wasn't something that um I felt like it was Jason to me. Mm-hmm. And those things, and and it, granted. It's an age thing. People, you know, different ages grow up and they, you know, their first Friday the 13th may be part six that they see or part, you know, Jason takes Manhattan and that's their favorite. So they cling on to that. It's, you know, it's generational. But uh, it's kind of like Star Wars, you know, when you see kids see Jar Jar Binks, they love it. And we're sitting there going, no, no, you got to go back to the old ones. (laughs) You know, I, I love the Yoda puppet. I don't like the digital Yoda, you know. Yeah. But um, but that's, it, it's sign of the times. So y- you have to. Who's your favorite Jason, though, out of. Mine is, like, mine is definitely like... Ted White. He, he played uh, Jason in the final chapter, part four. Final chapter didn't do it for me. Good Jason, though. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, that, and see, that's exactly what I'm, I'm referring yeah. to is. That was the time when I was, you know, in middle school learning about Friday the 13th and the final chapter was the first one I had seen. So that scared the hell out of me and I fell in love with it through that. That is a really good Jason, though. I must admit. 
Yeah, Ted Ted White did something pretty special with yeah. it. I, I I've always, you know, just been a fan of it. I I have no issues with Richard Brooker. I thought he did a great job. Um, I love Ted White. I, I even Kane Hodder did an amazing job too. He did. Um, they've all put their own their own thing onto it. You know, it's just for me. I, I got to say that's my favorite. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I, that's a hard who, question. Who was the one that played Sackhead? Uh, that was Steve Dash. Right. And I think there was a couple. There's one who played uh, the unmasked version, but um, yeah, Steve Dash, who recently passed away, um, did the uh, Sackhead. Yeah, that was a cool Jason. People, but see, that's the cool thing about the character is you can. There's. I'm glad he evolved to where he did. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of gives that whole, like, like, he can be any of these now. Right. You know, and, you know, f- yeah, Friday thir- uh, Fr- uh, Freddy vs. Jason, yeah, that was like a, like we said, a dumbed-down version. But he was a cool-looking Jason. So now what if you take this from that? It's so many things you could do with that character. It's like, how do you not experimental? Right. And it, and it is. It's It's, you know, we're not... You know we're not studio backed, so we're just doing what what we love. And you know I wanted to take that living version of Jason and just making it with a dead feel, right? Um, just kind of a step beyond part four, but not quite that part six zombie look. You know, that's my see. I can't pick. A, I don't know if I could pick a favorite Jason, but that's my favorite. Like yeah, the the human version was great, and I I really enjoyed those. I do tend to like Zombie Jason more, but not that you know towards the end form. I didn't like all that. So you, it's it look. It seems like you're making the perfect Jason to me because I do like the zombie idea of him, but I don't like you know how it looks all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of morphed human Jason, but you know still with the um I don't know what to call him the the mechanics. I'll be like right, right, yeah. That that's a really nice touch to it. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's just trying to pay homage to that Ted White version, like with the costume, trying to keep that look fresh, maybe a little bit worn, um, you know, just a step beyond that. But with the skin tones, keeping the hands the same with, you know, with the long nails, just just matching the skin tones to more of a dead tone is basically how we wanted to do it from the beginning. Yeah, awesome touch. But kind of loop around to the beginning a little bit um bloody disgusting had posted about your you know your film and they got it from friday the 13th franchise.com how cool mm-hmm. is it that you know they are aware of it they're supporting it they like what they see you know because i've seen a bunch of popular fan films friday the 13th just go you know nobody really talks about them and they're good but you know, you guys were on that top shelf to where they said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna tell people to go see this." How does it feel to get that stamp from them? Well, it's definitely it's unexpected. I mean, we started this just you know, dorks wanting to make a Friday Thirteenth fan film. You know, you don't you don't you don't think about that stuff that it's gonna get this you know I guess popular through a, a media forum like that. Which is awesome, you know. You, it, it's it's pretty cool. It's humbling. Um, we don't think about it because realistically, when we started out, you know, we nobody really knew about us. You know, there was 
you know, a few other fan films out there funding and doing their thing. And, and they had a huge following and we're just, we're just this little underdog, you know, just creeping along, trying to make a film, you know, and, and it's, it's nice that it's becoming what it is because it shows that we're on the right path, that people appreciate it. And we're, it, it's mostly saying, look, as Friday 13th fans, we, we like what you're doing. And that's all we ever wanted in the first place. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think kind of what helps set you apart, first of all, from the trailer alone, you guys are making a high quality film. I mean, from what it appears like to me, as far as quality wise, you know, look, appearance, you know, the whole, mm -hmm. the whole eye test thing. And, you know, I really thought this could have been like, you know, universal or whatever kind of production. Like you guys make it look really good, but not only that, the acting, you know, you guys being able to kind of come together with your own talents and contribute, you know, your actors seem to have, you know, pretty good catalog. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. not going to lie, a lot of times on fan films, not all the time, but a lot of times, I end up fast-forwarding to wherever, you know, Michael Myers fights Freddy, uh, Freddy Krueger or whatever it is, and I want to just see mm -hmm. that. Like, I'm actually interested. The actors pull me in to make me interested in this story. And, and you know, obviously having, you know, a, a network of acting friends helps. Yeah. Where I can go, hey. Hey Kyle, uh, I'm doing a Jason film. You want to be in it? Oh yeah, okay. We're we're, we're good. Um, <laughs> so that you know that helps. But and you know I'm gonna call people. I know these people. You know they they all have you know credits and they all work and and so that that's a big part. But it it's about the story. You know if if you don't care about these characters, then why do you care if they get killed or not? And if you don't care if they get killed or not then what's the use of telling a story? You're just making a fight scene at that point, honestly. Right. It's it's like a, you know, a special effect with no story mm -hmm. behind it. It's kind of boring. So, you, you know, we wanted to make a film, and this was the very first thing I talked to Robert about when we started writing the, the initial script. I mean, we've gone through so many different story concepts, it's crazy, but... Um, it was always, we have to care about the characters, um, regardless of their faults, regardless of, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you have to care about them to want to go on the ride with them. So that was always a, a big thing, you know, when, when doing this, we wanted to make not necessarily a hero's journey, but a journey. Mm -hmm. Good way of looking at it. Just a journey. I like that. But yeah, I mean, you you seem to have achieved that from the you know the little bit we were able to see, um, mm -hmm. and you know, I, sitting here listening to you talk, I was thinking, these are it just sounds like the type of thing that you know a lot of these original films have that story of, you know what I mean? Where it's like you know Hellraiser mm -hmm. with Doug Bradley, you know, he knew um, they went to high school together and said, oh, I'm going to make this movie. You're an actor. You want to do it? Like, oh yeah, sure. You know that you guys seem to just like I said contribute all your, you know, your talents to where they can go and just piece mm -hmm. together something great. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of these people were in Blood and Sugar, my first film. So it was, you know, I I know, that, like, um, Christina Haddad, who who uh, is playing Sheriff Buckley in 
in the film. She was one of my acting coaches. And, uh, you know, she, she's great. She comes on, on set. She's professional. She's ready to go. But she has a great energy, and you just, you're excited about that. And, and when, you know, you have people, this network that, that is excited to, to jump on board on this journey, because this, these aren't easy, you know, and it's not like we can just go, okay, I got a month of time, uh, you know, paid to where I can just shoot a film and, and this is all I'm doing. No, we got, we've got jobs. We got, you know, we've got family and bills to pay mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of people's schedules. You're at the mercy of, you know, the, the fundraising campaign and you have to spread all this stuff out, your shoot dates and everything around people's schedules. So it's not easy. It's a long journey. So to have people that you know and trust to just say, okay, we're going to take this ride, whether it's one year, two years, whatever, and we're going to make it happen. That's a huge testament to show that these people trust what I'm doing as well. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a collaboration of trust and, and friendship and which, which is great. You know, that, that's, that's the biggest thing about this when we walk away from it. It's not this end result, which, you know, from the outsider view, it's, it's how well the film is going to turn out. But from my standpoint, it's how was the journey getting there? You know, was it, and that's what you're going to look back on as a filmmaker is, is the ride, you know, stop and smelling the roses, I guess. Yeah. Um, Time also is one of the last few things I wanted to ask you. Are you is this going to be a short? Is it going to be a full feature? What kind of time frame are you looking for the for the film? It's probably we're we're probably looking at similar time frame to like Never Hike Alone, where it's around fifty minutes okay. or so. It'll be probably just under an hour. Mm. Um, with uh, Vincent Desanti from Never Hike Alone is a co writer now and and producer. Um, you know, we're, we're working together for that, you know, 30, 35 page script to where it'll, it'll equal out to around that, you know? Nice. Yeah. And like shorts are great. I love shorts. I really do. It's something you can really sit and digest quick and you get your fill, but you know, there's nothing like a nice lengthy, you know, sit down for about an hour kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it, I think it's, they call it a, a short because you're within this time frame. Yeah. Technically it's a, I, I guess a short feature is what yeah. you could, you could refer it to. But you know, when I, when I watched never hike alone, it was like, you know, you're thinking 50 minutes. Okay. Hmm. But you know, you, you could have done that film without the Jason stuff and still been intrigued by following the character on his hiking trip and, and followed that adventure. So you had something that you, you know, he was a likable character. It was a good story. It was simple, but thought well thought out. So 50 minutes you're, you know, when it, when it ends, you're like, this was great. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed the hell out of this 50 minutes. So, you know, I, I think that's, you're not cheated by a 15 minute short, you know, and, and felt like, Oh, I need more. I think it's just the right amount of time. How'd you guys choose the location to do, um, camp crystal Lake? Well, the, 
areas around here have a few, you know, I live in the Northwest, so there's a lot of lakes and, and forest and a lot of very, very palatable scenery for Camp Crystal Lake out here. And there's That's one. Portland. You guys are in Portland, Oregon, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Portland. I'm a Portland-based actor. I live a little bit up north in Washington, but um, there's a place out in Battleground, Washington, in the state park there that that's we thought that that was a perfect spot for crystal lake um it it reminded me of of like when we shot the canoe scene it it had a very cool reminiscent vibe to that backdrop with alice and uh it it just it just works and there's a few other spots that we mix in from other areas but it's all Crystal Lake, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> In the story, it's all Crystal Lake. It doesn't matter. Hey, that sign made it made me think for real. It was Crystal Lake. You guys—that's what I mean. You guys did a phenomenal job on a lot of the the small things that are a big deal. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I just I from my haunted house experience, you you learn to make props on your own, and you got to figure it out because it or else it costs too much money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get out in the garage and get your <laughs> tools out, and you start making props and. I had to put put a pump together today, and I was mad about it. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say I I, I I'm not a, a painter, but it it worked out. So I took my time on it. It really did. Great job. But yeah, um, <clears throat> tell everybody about the Indiegogo. Let them know where they can go get go help fund this. Well, there's a couple different areas you can go to. Uh, Facebook, which is uh, Facebook dot uh, Jason Rising 13. Um, you can go to jasonrising13.com. There's a link there for the Indiegogo. Or you can go to indiegogo.com and then um, Jason Rising 13 there, I believe. And I could the be wrong. Who are but... donating, you have perk packages, right? Yep, there's all kinds of loot you can grab um, shirts, patches, pins, Blu rays. We're trying to hit the blu-ray minimum of a thousand so yeah it, i mean there's plenty of plenty of goodies in there for sure i was very upset the mask replica replica is out already i said damn it that like you guys are really offering some cool stuff here yeah i you know it's a lot of the model is based off of what Vinny did with never hike alone and mm-hmm. it it's a you know he he was so so solid with his campaign and everything and and uh that model is it's well done you know so it's just only only smart to follow that model yeah you know he knows what he's doing so the video game did a nice job of that too that ended up oh being, yeah yeah phenomenal game but yeah they even they had you know it's yeah that's the formula yeah yeah you, you know it's you have to you know, you have to give people want all this stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it it can, I guess, take away from the idea that you know the biggest perk is the film. So we just have to re- remind ourselves that this is what you're paying for. You want the the film, the the shirts and all that. That's those are the bonuses. But the film is what really you're backing. Yeah. So so as long as they they stay solid on that, because you know, and the hockey mask thing is. Those just take a long time. I had imagined. <laughs> it's it's tough, and you know, because I'm the one who's painting them, I'm 
doing them on my own. Wow. And so they take a long time. Damn. Yeah. And well, and there's, I think there's a few in some of the other bundle perks, but. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, they, they take a while. And then you're trying to make a film and ship out posters and it's crazy. I can imagine. But um, do you mind if I, I have two uh, questions from Twitter that our listeners wanted me to ask you. Uh, I R Chris, he wanted to. Oh, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Um, he wanted me to ask you what are the circumstance, the characteristics or mannerisms that uh, make a good Jason. Are there is there anything specific, you know, movements or is there anything you really look for in that? Well, one of the ones that I definitely wanted to incorporate, which you can see in the teaser, is the fact that, um, and, and Ted White did this. A, you know, in one of the scenes in final chapter was the running. You don't see Jason running after a a victim very much. And it's always been this, you know, either fast walk or, you know, he's magically there, pops out of a tree. But, uh, but I wanted to, you know, when I, I remember the final chapter when he chases uh, Tommy Jarvis's sister, Trish, out of the, the, one of the cabins. I remember that, that, you know, sort of that cat and mouse chase that Ted White did. And I always wanted to include that because I, I love that. Um, you know, some some people look at, you know, what Kane Hodder did, you know, bringing the heavy breathing and, and the quick head turn um, to, you know, those are the things that he added in. So for me, I, I, I love the running. Um, I love slow looks you know that slow Mm, that creepy little yeah and and those are things that you have to i guess embed in the character as far as what what is he doing that for is it because he's pissed is it because he's contemplating is it because he's thinking um is it because he's focused on one person so those are some of the things that you know, we, we touch on when, you know, when we're shooting a scene with him, it's like, okay, he's focused on this and, and we try to push those moments. Um, I have one more question from at Lee fantasy clinic. Uh, she said, if you were, if you were hired to either write or direct the next Friday the 13th installment, what would you do to honor the franchise? I guess you kind of hired yourself to do it, but I guess a fair alteration would be, you know, if you were, you know, okay, they say Friday the 13th contacted you to make an actual, you know, full length Friday the 13th movie. Would you change your approach at all? I don't know if I'd change my approach. I would definitely, I, I have ideas um, that I think, I, and I know a lot of fans probably would either disagree or agree, but I think I would love to bring back... Um, Definitely Adrian King. Mm. I'd love to bring back Amy Steele. Okay. I'd love to bring in Corey Feldman. Oh, wow. And bring in these original survivors. And I, I one of the first scripts that we did, um, I guess, was a, uh, a fantasy script, basically, about Friday the 13th. But I had Amy Steele playing... Jenny Field as Tommy Jarvis's psycho- psychologist. And so I thought that 
because in part two, that's what she was studying in college, I thought that that would be a perfect way to use her and connect those characters since Tommy would be in a mental institution or or in some rehab sort of setting uh, that she would be his clinic doctor. So mm-hmm. that was one of the ideas that, that I had. And, you know, I, we wrote another one where we thought uh, Alice should be the sheriff of Wessex County again. Um, so, we, you know, there's been several incarnations, but I, I would definitely want to touch on those and, and bring back some of those original characters. I could just picture Tommy Jarvis in like a denim straight jacket. That would be awesome. <laughs> but no, those those are great <laughs> ideas. Those are great. Well, ideas. I I could I could see him just in this dirty, grungy, mm. um, mental institution, just locked away, bald, mm. uh, in a straight jacket, just really lost his shit, and you know, finding I could out see him that just going crazy all over the place downtown somewhere just going insane well just you know he he has to get out eventually so you know maybe he escapes maybe doesn't um what sets tommy off you know he's had a traumatic experience too not much different than jason so i didn't know those those are the kind of things we thought about Mm, i like that i like but um james thank you for spending your saturday evening with us we appreciate it we love talking to you Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate the support yeah. and appreciate you guys uh, taking the time with us. I got one last question. Shoot. What did you think about part five? There's things, like a lot of them, there's things I love, things I didn't. Um, I, I think that it was a nice way to take a, a change. You know, they were trying to change things instead of making Tommy the next Jason which I didn't think was the best route for the time, like they tried to emulate at the end of part four. Um, but I love the dream sequences. And, and that's one of the things that we wanted to kind of touch on with Jason Rising is, what if that wasn't just a dream? Maybe it was a memory. Oh. And that's why he's so fearful and he still has these panic attacks because that really happened. Mm, I'm liking that. So... You know, things to think about. Yeah, I didn't like part five. I mean, I, it, like you said, there are things in every movie. You're going to find things you like. I mean, they're they're all really good. But, you know, the whole concept of it, the whole shebang, it's a touchy subject with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, and, and for me, it's it's like there's those those dream sequences alone. You know, I get to see the original Tommy Jarvis in there. True. Again, I get to see... a close version of ted white in that with the dream sequences Mm -hmm. so those those moments i love um the story as a whole i mean a lot of people love roy they love the roy jason character um it was a fun film it was actually the first friday the 13th film i saw in the theater oh wow so i i was just a little bit too young during the times of the other ones. Yeah. So that hit, I think I was probably 13 or 14 at the time when part five came out. And then I've seen everyone since, but, um, so that is where, you know, I was talking, touching on before about it's your age. And when you see things like that, like I, I love, I remember cutting out the newspaper 
ad for the movie. You know, when you, when you open up the movie section of the the paper and you're looking for the times, they had the big picture of of Tommy holding the machete and for the new beginning ad. And I remember cutting that out and putting it on the wall. So those things I remember and 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 I love about that because it's nostalgia. But I I agree. I have to agree with you. I have to. But um, again, James, thank you. we appreciate you coming on, man. Everybody, go check out Jason Rises Indiegogo. You know, get yourself some of, get, become a part of something that um, we make together in a in a sense. Yes, we need your support definitely. All right, well, um, we'll be in touch. Uh, we appreciate it, uh, James. Thank you very much. All right, thank you guys. Take care. Have a good night. You Take too. Care. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that shit. Yeah. A shout out to uh, James coming out and spending time with us and talking about the movie. And uh, don't be don't be bashful. No. You know? Get out there and let's support this thing and get up there and do it for Jason. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like like we talked about in the interview, the perks are fun, but you know you're you really. It's cool that we get to watch this character in that form again. You know, even though like you know it's it's an hour, you know, it, it's still a. That's a good. That's a really good amount of time. That's some movie should be about fifty minutes. <laughs> you know, not for nothing. For real, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, let, let, let's get this done. I want to see it. I really want to see it. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we uh, I think we're done for this one. Make the fucking the mother wants to come back on. The mother. Oh, yeah. Pope. Yeah, Pope wants to come back on. I was asked to bring it. He's been bothering me all day today. He's telling me something about a fucking... What did he say? A findom. I don't know what the hell that is. That's what I said. All I know is we're going to meet the mother one day in person. When when the time comes. Right? You better be ready. Right. Apparently I have to meet the fucking camp counselor Greg. Was shitting on Peter Luger, Mink. He's never been there, and he said he could make the best steak in the world. How far is he from the city? Can't be that far. Told him. Head on over. He's from Jersey, ain't he? Yeah. Yeah, New Jersey. He's never heard of no Peter Luger? I might have to meet the motherfucker there. Show him what's what. Well, this is this the same... Well, no, that's not the same guy, but still. Yeah. No excuse. Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Don't forget, guys. Uh, you can DM us still. You know, we are still doing the uh, listener guest host. So, you know, we, we might start bringing a few of them back. A few of them were fun. We got a list that we still haven't gotten through. You guys can sign up. We'll put you on the list. Just DM us. And, you know, we got to get back to that. That's fun, too. Shout out to Rob Humphreys for taking the, taking the brute in. Some of the things that I said, I'm sorry about that. And I didn't mean to say I was going to fuck you. <laughs> I, but I see, I think he likes it. He he knows, you know, he knows, he knows. You know the boys. You know the boys. He knows the love. I just want to say that to everybody so you don't feel bashful. <laughs> shy. So what? I might pull my dick out on you. Oh. It's all right. You, it'll grow on you. You'll never like it, but. You'll get used to it, unfortunately. You'll, 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 learn, you'll learn to appreciate it, you know? <laughs> I haven't gotten to that level of it yet. Well, before you know it, you start wanting to pet it. <laughs>
Oh god, yeah, I definitely haven't gone there. I think we know somebody who did though. Anyway, I was gonna edit. Anyway, I think that's it for this week, guys. Uh, go to slasherradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at slasherradio. You can follow me on Twitter at Mikey's Dead. Me and Audio at Bobby Spencer with two R's. Bobby Cheeks. That's it. That's all. You come see us next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best of Slasher Radio podcast. Yeah, I'm going to take a piss. Are you getting on Xbox? Uh, let's do this intro, outro, when after you piss real quick. Oh, okay. Fuck, we forgot. Right, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's do it. No, piss. Go ahead. We got time. I got my piss while I got you on the phone. Oh, you motherfucker. I'm taking you in the bathroom. I'm taking you <laughs> in the bathroom. You still up? I'll do it now. I forgot. Don't you got work? What are you still doing up? Take your ass to sleep. It's almost one thirty in the morning. I'm a pee with the door open and my cousin on the phone. You want to watch? <laughs> no, I'm a pee in this bathroom. This is my bathroom. Pants all the way down. <laughs> Can you see my hiney? She said yes. Oh, my God. I can hear your piss. <laughs> My pee's clear. That means I'm healthy. <laughs> Why would she want to <laughs> watch you piss on the phone? <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm not bullshit. I'm not taking dick pics. Your pants on the floor. Why would she want to watch that? She said she could see my hiney. You said pants all the way down. All the way down. <laughs> Think we're done? We ain't done. <laughs> Are you still pissing, dude? What the fuck? There we go. I think you just got the hose. God damn. Gone, Mick. What happened? Like about 50 times. The pump, we were putting the fucking, the pump together. Well, we had it put together, but weren't able to turn it on. Finally today, we were able to turn it on. And this hose kept fucking coming off, man. Every time I turned it on... You were trying to... What? You you needed it to go into the pump? Yeah, I have the... It was the the hose going from the pump, the the pool pump, to the... I think it's called the out valve? I don't know. The thing that pushes the water back into the pool shoots it hard as hell. So that, every time I turned it on, the pressure would knock the piece that was on the pump off. It knocked the hose off. Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. So I, I'm trying to fuck with it, trying to fuck with it. The clamp is like all rusted. I'm like, all right, obviously it can't, it's not good enough to hold this thing. The clamp is shot, the little fucking metal ring thing. So I took a, a strong one 
off one of the other hoses that I thought gravity would help because it was upward a little more. So I'm like, all right, maybe if it's pointed that way, it won't shimmy. So I swapped the, the rings, the clamps. And now the one that I put the rusted one on kept popping off. I mean, I got wet. I got fucking wet, <laughs> man, today. You got, got a little spritz. And it was hilarious because we're fucking with it. And I'm screwing the shit out of this thing, man. Pulling it off, putting it back on. The fucking, oh my God, what I didn't do to get this thing to try and stay. I even got two different screwdrivers. I'm like, all right, maybe if I get a thicker screwdriver, it'll get a little more torque, you know? Like, maybe. <laughs> so we finally thought we got it. We tried something, whatever it was we tried new. Turned it on, and it was good. We high-fived. And the fucking thing shoots off. And shoots right in the fucking face, man. <laughs> How the fuck, man? Right in the fucking face, dude. Why? I, I was so frustrated and so mad. Like, I threw the screwdriver. I was yelling in the backyard. Like, I was, like it's annoying. I hate when little mm. shit that's supposed to be simple. Like, I have so much other shit I have to do back here. I'm spending all this time and energy on this. It pissed me off. It's supposed to be done and done. A to B, B to C. Yeah, but. I'll admit, when that face shot happened, I laughed my fucking ass off, dude. The hose got one in. <laughs> the, hose, the hose got one in real good. I went in real good. It says, this, No, it didn't say, It said, The hardest. Dude, I'm going to send you man. a picture of the way the fucking water comes out of this pump. It's hot. The pump is too big for the pool. Kind of. It's way stronger than what that pool needs. So mm -hmm. it fucking really pushes some shit out. I bet it does a good fucking job for it, don't it? It does a real good job. Last year we had a pump. It couldn't clean. The, it wasn't strong enough to clean the pool. It was one of those fucking energy saver things. So the pool guy mm -hmm. said, all right, get this one. This one will clear it. And I got home that day, and I seen the water coming. I said, God damn. Motherfucker was clear by, almost clear by the time I got home. Shit. <laughs> so that motherfucker came out hard, baby. So is it now ready to go? It's pumping now. It's still green, but by tomorrow it should be good. Was it acting up last year? Well, no, last year was great. But I don't know. The, the clamp was rusty, and it wasn't able to, to hold that pressure on the hose anymore. It was pretty much it. And the yeah. clamp that we had. A, Grandmother Al came over and brought, like, four clamps we had to double these two motherfuckers. I was like, God damn. I think it's better that it happened then. Yeah. Instead of have everybody over and. Yeah. Well. Then it happens. Then I'd have to deal with Stevie. No, move. You gotta. You gotta do this, Jimmy. He'll break something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck that. Yeah. You gotta, At least no. you got it done, man. Shit. <sighs> Dude, the cleaning we did in that yard is that clean because then you start sweating and fucking. Oh, dude, I was pissed. Cause you gotta Arms remember, I had to empty and clean the coolers. There was all water, and I had to clean, scrub them, clean them. Fucking, we had a ton of boxes that are now wet because we forgot to bring them in. You know, just small little boxes here and there, but there's a bunch of them. And it's like shit. I gotta do all this stuff, throw all that out. And you're thinking the whole time before you get started, like, oh, okay, this is what I got to do. I got yeah. this done. I'm going to move on. Yeah. Okay. We went to the pool store, got chemicals and everything we needed. I, my thought was, all right, cool. We're going to come home. I'm going to throw all that in the pool. I'm going to turn on the pump. 
and I'm going to do all this shit. This is what I got to do. No, it was come home and fuck with the pump for the rest of the goddamn day. But not the whole, I had to, still had to do shit after that. I didn't get everything done, but I got a lot done. It's like, fuck. Got the hose. Mate, I, I got the hose. I was <laughs> soaked, dude. Soaked. I had to go back out. Just like, though, tomorrow you should be able to go swim. No, it won't be ready. Won't be done? Nah. Oh, shit. Nah. <laughs> tomorrow I do have to deal with Stevie, though. Is he coming over? Yeah, BBQ tomorrow. He's fucking coming. Memorial Day. Yeah. Is he bringing weenies? He's not bringing weenies. We got the weenies. <laughs> he better bring some weenies. He's bringing the beer. Oh. So, I can't get mad at him. He can't bring a weenie, though. No, he would never. No, he can't. have somebody else do it. No, I'm bringing that. He's not a weenie bringer. We could bring him. You got ballparks? I don't know. I don't know what the hell we got. Try try Oscar Mayolina. Lina, no. Lina, ask me about my Lina. My baloney got a first name, Meek. Meek. I'm still, I'm still shut. I went, I had to go back outside. And I put my flip-flops back on, and they were fucking freezing. That's how wet I got. They were all wet still. Shit. Shit. Got wet. some bullshit. Got wet. (laughs) I just think everything's got to be great. Yep. Nice nice outside. Nice day to get things done. Wet. And the fucking hose says, you know what? (laughs) Not having it today. It was like like part two of a hose movie. Like, the revenge of the hose or some shit. It was on a tantrum. And it was hell-bent on getting someone. <laughs> it, it got in the fucking and, oh, face. Look, he, he, oh, he thinks he got it working. He, oh, they're high five now. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Right in the fries. Right in the fries. I know it's a good thing that people could go and donate, because it's true, man. You know, if me and you wanted to start a movie right now and we fucking, you know, no one to contribute, I would hope fucking people say, hell yeah. Right? Yeah. Never know. Never know. Dude, honestly, a, a comedy horror movie about that hose would be hilarious. I think we could pull it off. It would be hilarious. We just got hilarious. the right hose. That's <laughs> all we gotta do. Cast. The right hose. If we got the right hose and we got Uncle Steve to fucking be the prop manager. Oh God! No, no, you got to put it like this. Hit him in a hit him in a cock right. Yeah, hit him, hit him like this. Hit him on the side. You stand right here, <laughs> okay? and just fucking don't move. <laughs> <laughs> you stand. Right here. Just stand right here. Don't you, move. You go sit the fuck down. You ain't, you're not in this scene. You fucked up last time. You go I got something for you at the end. That's it, man. Shit. Shit. Uh, I'll tell you what. My fucking pool hose, man. That goddamn thing fit the part, man. It hits you people in the face on its own. Like, we just need a fucking resume. Send it in. <laughs> no, it has to be a green hose. It has to be a garden hose. It does. Gotta be a fucking... And we gotta treat the... The you know the metal part at the end where the not you can screw into the nozzle. We gotta treat that like Jason's mask. It's gotta be perfect. Would it be shiny or worn? I would put 
tough I question. I would put some pipe thread tape on it, you know, a little bit of fucking thread tape on the end of it. So Screw it's just a nozzle. With... They're all ripped up. Wow. I'm going to get the thread tape nice and ripped up. Maybe a little bit of pipe dope on there. The blue pipe dope. <laughs> so you got a fucked up hose. Yeah, the blue pipe dope. <laughs> a little bit of that Teflon tape. Nozzle's got to look like it went through the ringer, too. <laughs> like it got left out in the sun. It used to be black, now it's gray. Fading right, out right. It's got that one on spot one side. where a bug fell asleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. A little darker. A little darker. Got little fucking uh, hard water stains on it. <laughs> right. A cut. A little bit of fucking TLC and it worked brand new. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh, fuck. You know? <laughs> It'll work, the hose. Right? Slash Radio presents The Hose. We can make a few hose movies and then do Hose X. And it's like this fucking braided hose. <laughs> If we could raise $5,000, I think we could make a hose movie. It would just be us fucking around in the backyard with a, with a fucking hose. Money would be for a flight for me to get there, right? Right, right. The material, which is basically just, you know, garden hose, <laughs> cover the water bill. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of fucking water involved. We're going to have two hoses going at once, at least. Exactly. Neighbors bill. Plus the cameras. Yeah, yeah. And then to put it into production, that's it. Stevie uh, will do it for free. Stevie, all the <laughs> you actors. Stand here, you, you sit down. Five grand easy. You sit, sit the fuck down. You, you go sit the fuck down. <laughs> no, no, no. He think it's his movie at one point. Started, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm doing like this. Fucking Spielberg, you piece of shit. <laughs> this Steve seems important. Spielberg. It's going to hit him in, the, in the ass, Jimmy. You have the kids out there and <laughs> I fucking spray them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the opening intro should be. Just like, like you know, like little like clip scenes where you see like a kid doing jump rope, but then it cuts to black. And then he does another skip, and it t- cuts to black. And then does another skip, cuts to black. Then you see the hose. <laughs> then all of a sudden, magically, the fucking nozzle, the water pump, the, where, where you go to turn the water on, starts twisting on its own for no fucking reason. <laughs> and the kid's in the middle of a jump rope, and you hear the kid fucking going, you know, whatever the hell song, Miss Mary Mac, Mac, Mac. You hear the song in the background just... Just that don't think horror song, and there's nothing that you could do. You see the hose, you try and tell, try and tell the kid, no, stop, what are you doing? But it's too late. It's too late at that point. Fade to black cutscene, you see the nozzle. Oh, God. All credits, beginning, intro. Don't know what happens <laughs> to the kid, we'll get back to that first, but let's just cut, cut you scene to the neighborhood. You can have a drip of water come yeah. out of it right before it cuts to the, the opening credits. That's it. Drip of water. Let's see go to the neighborhood and we'll we'll get back to that. It'll all come full circle at the end. They'll be in the newspaper. Talk about some kid got wet. <laughs> they're trying to blame somebody for going around fucking soaking all these kids, but they they can't they have no witness. So it'll be like scream but with a hose. 
they have no idea what's going on. Well, the hose is its own entity. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like everyone, oh, I get this one, yeah. no, it's that way. Yeah, like hunting the villain. Everybody thinks you know, and at some point, the whole neighborhood's at odds. Good Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy in there. It's in the <laughs> rule of one. Don't go outside. <laughs> it's a hell of a trailer. Rule two. Where you swim afloat. Rule time. Have a scene at the, in the middle of the night. Middle of the night. Stevie goes out to the shed. Heard noise. Try and look around. Got a flashlight. I know you're in here. <laughs> and you see the hose start wrapping around his feet. And then just as he turns to get out and go back inside, boom, he falls down. Oh, God. The hose cuts itself on, power washes this asshole <laughs> all the way up to the porch. <laughs> okay. And then he finds a way to kink it. <laughs> so it becomes a fight between him and a hose. Okay. It's the end. Between him and a hose, he kinks it. So then oh, yeah. the hose is pissed. It doesn't know what to do. It's found his weakness. But Steve's too strong. So then next thing you know, you start next thing you know, all the hoses in the neighborhood start retaliating. <laughs> so this is the main thing. Like the hoses have some kind of fucking way of re- just recruiting telecommunicating hoses. with one another. Yeah. But this hose was the main hose. It was Stevie's hose causing all the trouble. And <laughs> I, I know you're in here. Then all the other hoses had enough, had to go help him out. Before you know it, there was like half a dozen fucking hoses in the yard and Stevie's clawing his way through. There could be a deeper plot where it's like there's something in the plumbing making the hose do it because of all the damage Stevie's done to the plumbing. Of New York, so it's it could finally be, or, or, or like, or like yeah, that too. His ass caused a lot of problems. Or like, whoever built the house, the plumber died. He cursed it. He was tired of going over there and fixing that toilet. He kept calling him over and over and over and over on the weekends, and he just got right, sick right, of it. Right, right, right. So it was the spirit of the plumber is like retaliating with the hose. Retaliating. <laughs> I'd be plumber. <laughs> It'd be me and you as the plumbers. Yeah, yeah. Boys, plumbing. The boys. We talk shit, but like, God damn it, man! You know, we had shit playing this weekend. Fuck it. You know, I'd be the hot-headed one. You'd be like, all right, man, just take it easy. It's just, you know, we'll be done and we're gone. Motherfucker pays us and we're good. And then on the way down, I'm talking shit down the steps, and I slip, I fall, and that's it. You know? Oh, my Everybody's God. Everybody's so sad. You're <laughs> like, oh, fuck, fall. man, I got to I gotta shut down the company and shit like that. But no. I cursed him. <laughs> <laughs> you cursed the, the, his plumbing. <laughs> cursed him. Cursed his plumbing. In the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, all the pipes in the wall start fucking rattling. <laughs> <laughs> he's sleeping and you see through the window the fucking hose or he's got he's got to get up and take a, take a piss in the middle of the night and he goes in the bathroom it's the shit that he took three hours later just got sent back up the toilet no toilet paper just the shit every time Press he flushes it it overflows <laughs> imagine though putting him in 
in that situation, like if we could make the toilet overflow on him a few times and get his genuine reaction, it would be amazing. Yeah, what couple that f- would like take a take a go to like a public restroom, right? Take like a brown play doh, uh, shape it into shit, flush <laughs> it, film it, and then just reverse it, and it yeah. look like we're sending the shit back up. Yeah, yeah. I had somebody then, do that shit. And then, and then, and then, like connect that with his reaction to a real toilet cloth, <laughs> right, right? And him have to fucking plunge it. <laughs> 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 audio. All you got to do is just show a bathroom with the light on and the door closed, and then play the audio. <laughs> right, right. We wouldn't even have to film it. We could just like leave a tape recorder in his bathroom. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just the silhouette. Like we could loop somebody plunging yeah. the shit out of That's a it. toilet. The shadow. <laughs> with all that and then for the poster, you just fucking you, you know put a couple little hands in there. Holding the hose. <laughs> Good to go. The hose. The hose. By the salami voice. Produced by Slash Radio. <laughs> Dude, that would be money, though. What the fuck? Why does this keep happening? <laughs> happening. Just Jesus. keep fucking. <laughs> then we'll do the sequel at Uncle Beanie's. Oh, God. Give the toilet's Call him up and be his brother. Man, I'm going through some shit. I got to come down there and stay with you. All right. <laughs> it traveled to his brother. <laughs> Two weeks later, his fucking Uncle Nini's house having issues. <laughs> Want me to talk to you about what's been going on? Yeah, I know it ain't your fault, but we've just been having problems since you got here. <laughs> They could, you could do a part where it's like we got it on video and it'd be like a, a homage to when you got caught. That's it. Yeah, have night vision. Fucking night water vision. flowing through the living room. Nah, just a little nod for the fans. Notice <laughs> <laughs> the pot. Oh, you oh, know, shit. you know that scene was in there because one, you know, one of the directors got caught fucking like that at at that guy's house. Thank you there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Oh, dude, I think we could do it. Five grand. That's all we need. That's it. You're a little staticky though, Mink. Am I? A little bit. Let me see if I move my phone away from the stove. Does that work? Is that really what did it? Yeah. How? Physics, man. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have an electric stove? Uh, well, um, yeah. Oh. It doesn't have the flame. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. Damn. Well, shit. Now you know. Now you know. All right, man. You want to wrap this fucking thing up real quick? Give it the old one. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, fuck me in the salami. <laughs>